and welcome to the Traction.gg podcast. We have a very special episode for you this week, as joining us is Lee Mather, Senior Creative Director at EA. We're going to be talking about Formula One 2021, the upcoming game. Enjoy! Well, thank you very much for joining us, Lee. Looking forward to discussing Formula One 2021. It's very much appreciated. Uh, so let's get started. First of all, how are you feeling now that the release of the game is rapidly approaching? Yeah, I'm excited. It, it's the same every year. It never goes away, that feeling of excitement. Uh, obviously, there's the previews. We always want to see how the previews go, then the review yeah. scores, and then the fan, you know, how the fans are excited by the game and how it's received. Yeah, it, it's always exciting. And obviously, with such a significantly new feature with Breaking Point, that's, yeah, something to be really excited about. I can't wait to see how people uh, react to that. Ah, uh, well, yes. Thank you for mentioning that feature. I'm very much looking forward to that. I suppose we'll cover that later on in our chat. But for now, I guess when it comes to the pre-production of each game on a yearly cycle, I'd like to know when you start thinking about what features to implement in each release. Well, I mean, what's to be included in the next game has been was thought about two, three years ago. Right. Uh, it's what's to be included ahead. in the series many years in advance now. Uh, as you know, you know, we signed the deal with Formula One to retain the license for, for a significant amount of time again. And we have a roadmap for what we want to do. We have flexibility in there and things come and go based on when certain tech comes available to us or extra right. data that we maybe didn't have access to. But we've always got a, a pretty clear picture of, of what we're doing uh, doing next. In that case, then, uh, the list of new features, tweaks and improvements in the 2021 game is gargantuan. How do you go about prioritising what to include? Yeah, it's um, it's quite a long process, to be honest. So... I would say the easy part is me and the rest of the designers and uh, you know getting together with all the crazy ideas and things we want to do. Then obviously there's the business direction. There's what do we want to achieve as a company? Where do we want to take the franchise in the future? What what areas do we think you know the fans will be really excited by? What do the marketing team get excited by? And then there's obviously involving the production team who then have their input into well what's achievable. You know can we achieve that in yeah. the time available to us? And then if we can achieve it, can we achieve it to the quality that we require of it? You know, there's no point doing something if we can't do it to a standard that we're happy with. So it's it's a process that takes quite a long period of time and a lot of people. And um, it's something that we say so we've got, got quite good at now, I think. Yeah, well, I think you've got pretty good at that by now. Actually, uh, just how many F1 games have you worked on? All of them, yeah. Oh, so wow. This is, yeah, so the first one I worked on was 2010. So. Right, so 11 years. Wow, that was some terrible quick maths. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we were we were working on F one twenty ten in two thousand eight. That's what. Oh was, right, okay. Yeah. And so, with all that in mind, and with all of your experience, is there any one feature in F one twenty twenty one that's your favourite? I mean, personally, I'm really looking forward to playing two player career with a friend. I, I think that's something that we've wanted uh, to have in the series for some time. If you remember back on the previous gen, we did have the ability to play with a friend as a, as right. a two-player experience, but it was just literally the racing mm -hmm. and the ability to have that now cooperatively or competitively is something I'm really excited about. Because I've got friends who are into Formula One, but they've never really played the game that much. It's like, well, now I'm looking forward to being able to play with them. Right. And, and something which I've found really, you know, really impressive through through the lockdowns, which is a horrible thing, really, is that some of my friends who'd maybe dropped off gaming have come back to it, and we've spent evening upon evening racing together and chatting and playing Call of Duty. And I think that's something that's now going to continue, and that's I'm really looking forward to be able to do that. Yeah, you see, it, the two-player career offer two two opportunities for me. Like one is sort of almost hand-holding or showing a friend, oh, listen, this is mm. how the F1 works. Uh, F1 game works. Here's how you can do the career. Let's work together. 
Or, you know, you can just be uh, very competitive and play against each other. When you're playing with friends, would you be with them or would you be in a separate rival team, do you think? Do you know what? That depends. And this sounds terrible. Depends who I'm playing with. Ah, yes, so I've got, exactly. I've got, I've, yeah, I want a strong teammate. I don't want somebody who's, who's dead weight to the team. So I'd certainly be looking for, uh, it depends who it is. If it's Dave Greco, for example, he's on my team all the, all the way because he's going to be the guy who's taking the wins and I'll be following, I'll be playing the second uh, second driver role. But um, right. yeah, I've got, I've got other friends who I'd, uh, I'd rather see their progress in a different <laughs> team, to be fair. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. And I think I remember a few years ago playing through a co-op season online with a friend, but I've, having the career element where you can look at the car R&D and face the press as well adds another level to it. And speaking of another level to things, let's touch upon what you've already mentioned uh, briefly, which is Breaking Point the big story and narrative-driven feature for F1 2021. And what I'd like to know is how long has it taken to get to this point? Yeah, so in in terms of how long it's taken, this goes back to 2018 for us when we started working on uh, the F2 feeder series in F1 2019. And it's one of those things where, you know, you've got to put the building blocks in place before you can, you know, get to where we are today. There's no, there's no easy route doing what we did today so right. that was we needed f2 in the first place you know you can't build a story and a journey if you don't have the building blocks and f2 is the starting point for the majority of the formula one drivers these days you know they get in through formula mm. two so formula two was important to us and then the ability to do multiple seasons as well so you know you need that career journey from f2 to f1 and then as you say the two seasons in f1 so without that you know we didn't feel like we could build a strong compelling story and then it's funny that, you know, we're a studio that make racing games. Uh, so when we did the, the F2 feeder series, obviously there was some nervousness amongst ourselves or, you know, can we turn ourselves into a studio that could do racing games and a narrative mode as well? Mm. And obviously it was really well received. You know, we thought Devon was cast perfectly when we saw what we did, but you, you, know, you don't him. know. <laughs> you say you never know do you till it's out there. And, and Devon went down so well. And then obviously we started work on what we've got now in 2021 uh, you know, two years ago uh, off the back of, of 2019. So the team split. So the team that was working on that has obviously ah, been working on it for a longer period of time. So it's taken a long run up to get to where we are with this. And I so say we partner with professional writers and, uh, you know, a team that's created all of the CGI for us. So, you know, we weren't going to do it until we could do it to a really high standard. And then obviously Drive to Survive came along, inspired us even more with some of the cool stuff that we saw in Drive to Survive. Exactly. And that's broadened the appeal. And I think people who watch Drive to Survive will instantly look at this and go, wow, I can actually now experience that and, and be part of it as well. I think that's, that's been really exciting. Yeah, so I really enjoyed the small uh, story element you had in F1 2019 for the Formula 2 elements. But of course, it was a bit brief. I think it's fair to say that Breaking Point um, is much more in-depth than that. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah, very much so. So um, that was purely just the F2. It was We called it yeah. the F2 feeder, didn't we? The feeder series that we mm-hmm. did there. Uh, this is a, a fully-fledged story. So this is taking the journey of you know Aidan Jackson coming into the world of Formula 1 from Formula 2 off the back of his championship in F2. You've got his his teammate who he'll, he'll be up against, Casper Ackerman, who's a, a slightly more mature Formula One driver who's right. reaching the point in his career where he's not sure whether he should still be in the sport. He still wants to be taking wins, but he feels like the team are maybe siding with the younger driver. He's not getting the parts. He's not getting the backing that he deserves. So he's getting a bit you know jaded with all of that. And then obviously you've got Devon in there who can see this and he's capitalising on it by playing them off each other and stirring things up. So it's... Um, 
it's really nice to be able to not only tell that story, but present it in such a, a strong visual way. Yeah, that sounds excellent and really in-depth. And certainly it will be the very first thing I play when I get my hands on the game next month. So looking forward to it. And speaking of things that were exciting, for me anyway, the personal favourite element in F1 2020 was the addition of my team mode, uh, which was very well received. So how do you feel when something you've worked on for many years is so well received? And how do you take things to the next level? Yeah, that to be honest, that was one of the most probably nerve-wracking things we've done in some time because it's something that we've always had in mind right. from a very, very long time back. And and if you sort of heard any of the interviews I did last year, we spoke about, again, building blocks and the things that had to be in place for us to be able to do something on the scale of my team. Um, so that was really daunting. We were really confident that it was going to go down well because we thought it was it was just what we wanted. It was just what the game needed. You know, mm. it, was, it really freshened things up and gave two great options for how you progress your career. You know, some people want a much closer to F1 experience. Some players do want that freedom to actually you know mix things up a little bit and, and run their own team. So that that was um, yeah super exciting for us. And and again, like as you say, how do we mix things up from there and how do we take things to the next level? I think if you see the the change in direction a little bit each year, you know, there's mm. no we don't want to keep pushing the same things every year. There's other areas of the game that we can expand upon. So always servicing players who are big fans of things like driver career on my team, but while bringing in other areas as well, which we also believe they'll be big fans of. I mean, something we've spoken about many times with some of the fans who are, you would consider hardcore. Yep. They also want a change from that. They don't want to be constantly you know, on the edge doing everything to the absolute, you know, nth degree sometimes they want to sit back and have a bit of fun as well and they want to do something right. that's a little more chilled a little more relaxing and that's where something like breaking point comes in for, for players like that and, and then again we've also you know, added new things into my team to keep that moving along this year keep it fresh with the department events so again more things that the player has to de- you know, deal with as a team yeah. boss yeah could you just quickly explain how they would work when the game launches please yeah, so department events. Imagine you're in your team, and let's say the second driver has made a bit of a faux pas in front of the press, and you've got to you've got to handle that. So you'll be approached mm. in game. There'll be a, a point of where you're determining whether you potentially pay somebody to deal with it, or you deal with it with a press release, or it might be something along the lines of your simulator software is coming to the end of its license, um, and do you want to pay the money to renew the license, or do you take the risk that it's going to continue running faultlessly without paying that license? Or it may be you know, they, one of your engineers may come to you and say, so we're, we're finding there's an issue with the simulator, something's starting to wear, you know, do you want to keep going and hope it doesn't break down? And again, it's those, those points of uh, decision which can determine what happens over the course of the next few races for the team. So it could have a financial impact. It could have a mm. driver motivation impact. You know, this, as I mentioned, there's the driver focus stat for the for the drivers now. And focus is something that you could impact by not actively right. doing the right thing for your teammate. You know, so you might, uh, your teammate might be tired, might be ready for a bit of a break. And you might say, well, there's a press event tomorrow night. Do you want the, you, know, you asked if you want to send them on a press event and you say, yes, that might demotivate them because they weren't you know, ready for that. So again, that, that reduces their focus and their ability I to see. perform at their best level. So again, as in all, all previous games, there's so many systems all tied together and yeah. everything impacts on, on everything else. Well, it certainly sounds like you've got your handful there trying to make everything work together across the different modes, uh, rather rather you than me, but it, it seems to be working well so far. I, I wasn't going to touch upon this or, or talk about this, but I guess I will now. Um, and that is how you've rejuvenated the research and development within the game. Uh, you've got the new quick practice, which is superb for those players who have played multiple seasons across many of the games. 
uh, at a certain point they can now just speed things up and still get development points and then there's also things like with the parts do you want it ready quick but with a high chance of it failing or do you want it a bit slower but it will definitely be ready to fit on the car with no problem so could you just talk through what you've been doing with the the research and development and practice programs so I, I think you you kind of answered the question quite well yourself. You would have Sorry, said it. Yeah, that was no, terrible. No, 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 fine. Uh, but here's the answer actually, to the question um, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you're definitely. But you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with um, you know, when you've played multiple seasons, there's some elements you might want want to engage with slightly differently, and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to give the player the the option to change the way that they engage with some of those sessions. As we as we've said since 2016, when we brought practice programs in. A race weekend isn't just qualifying on the race and the, the practice sessions are equally as important. And we've, all, we've always wanted to give the players something interesting and exciting to do in practice that mirrored the similar sort of things that the teams do in Formula One, but also gave them benefit in the game. And they've been in, as we say, since 2016, the RPG skills tree style R&D has been in there for some time now. And we knew, again, that was time to freshen that up and change the structure, change the way it plays, but also give the player the choice as to whether they always want to take part in it. But... As you say, it's it's sort of important that there's a there's there's gameplay elements tied to that. There's no interest in just skipping something and simulating mm. straight through it. When you give the player the chance to engage in that session and take the risk of rushing some um, you know on track things where they don't get the parts delivered or they don't get the development boost. So I mean, development boost is another new element we've added there as well. Yes, you know, and they're stackable boosts. So it may be you've got a team that's got particularly poor aero. So you might just always focus on aero tasks and get the development boosts to drive the cost down of developing aero components. So again, more things to consider, more things to engage with. Yep. Again, it freshens up those sessions and gives you it gives you new targets and goals. Yeah, I guess that's uh, another in the long, long list of uh, new additions and features for this year. And, and speaking of new additions and features this year, how has it been working with the extra headroom of the PS5 and Xbox Series X in terms of the power how has uh, developing on these new systems been for you? Yeah, so I mean that's the one very much for the tech guys. I mean they they revel in that stuff. Um, yeah, we sure. have a team of obviously yeah. There's a team of people like the the render team obviously who they spend their entire life you know, looking at the latest technology and the latest ways that they can improve visuals, and then that's something that benefits you know across across the company. Um, but for us, it's the first time we've ever released on previous and next gen. Yeah. So I mean, current to next gen, so that's a first for us. So scaling the engine in such a way that we're able to cover both uh, has obviously been something that the team have focused on quite significantly. And the same with multiplayer as well, because we wanted cross-gen play to be a thing that we, we could have as well. So PS4 and PS5 players can play together, and Xbox Series and Xbox One mm. players can play together. So that was really important to us. So there, there were two major threads for the tech, which were obviously scalable visuals, scalable tech that we could make sure that both generations of players get exactly the same experience, but there are benefits to playing on the next-gen platform. So you'll get that in the visuals, you'll get that in the ability to have performance versus visual uh, frame mm -hmm. rates you know, selection. So if you want to run yeah. 120 FPS, you can do that, but you can run at 60 and at a, at a high resolution, but with um, you know more particle effects or whatever, or you know improved distance uh, yeah. fogging and, and trees and you know, the draw distance adjustments. You know, so, so there's many ways that we can move it around to give the player a different experience but obviously the we mentioned damage very briefly the damage model yep. is uh again visually more striking on the next gen platforms because we can do more with the, the physics and how we model things like the tire um, shredding and the tire delamination very impressive yeah so that those are the areas but basically the, the players will get exactly the same gameplay the gameplay right. is exactly the same but the visuals and the obviously the performance 
is where the next gen platforms you know step up and obviously the loading times yeah they're, they're not oh yeah yeah looking forward to those i've seen some other racing games with the loading times are just so rapid on ps5 for example it's mm. it's such a breeze and thank you for including the cross-generational uh multiplayer that's very helpful for my personal group of friends uh you know we play predominantly on a playstation some of the not everybody has a ps5 yet but we can still buy the game and play together so thank you that's that's really good um, that was very important for us. Yeah, that, that's great. And it works well with some of the racing games that we tried. So that's 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 a huge help for everybody to jump on board, isn't it? Um, I'd like to touch upon the way the cars react to curbs. When I played the preview build of the game, it felt much more impactful. Was that something at the top of the wish list from a physics point of view? Yeah, so we've, we've got a, a team of, of physics guys who are always looking at ways to improve areas of the physics. And, and each year they'll sort of pick some of the areas that yeah. they think that we can do more on. And Dave Greco, obviously our lead handling guy, has got some great ideas as to what he wants to improve on as well. And it's funny you mentioned that because that's actually how they've remodeled the bump stops. So mm. it's curbs that obviously have that impact because obviously the higher impacts on the curb, you are yeah. more likely to hit the bump stops. And and that's what the change is there, actually. So that's in the suspension. It's a change to the way they've modeled the bump stops. Right. Yeah, turn six at Baku for me was really different and I really enjoyed that new feeling. Yeah, and there's also changes to the tyre model as well. So it's now pushed a little bit closer to reality again. Right. So you'll find the car feels more nimble, more darty, but a little more edgy as well. And mm-hmm. there will be that moment of you know of movement in the car. Um, we've worked again on making sure that that's catchable. But again, the amount of time you'll lose is obviously significant. Right. So we've, we've pushed that even further. Again, we can lean on some of the assists for the players who maybe require some assistance mm-hmm. so that we can still make the game accessible to the, the player who wants that experience. But to the player who's playing, you know, on a wheel or is a high-end pad user, you yeah. know, they can really get that movement and, and feel in the car and that, that sort of extra nimble feel that we've added this year. Yeah, actually, uh, let's just briefly discuss the UI because this year it's been completely revised along with some uh, new assists and accessibility options. I think it's very easy sometimes to be sort of trapped in the hubris of a hardcore simulation player with a wheel. But of course, with especially with the Formula One franchise, there are a lot of people who still take it very seriously but maybe need uh, some assistance to get going or use a controller. So would you agree one of the bigger features this year is to broaden the scope and the ease of use of certain systems? Oh, very much so. Uh, Something which we've been working on probably over the last two or three years and we've been very aware of is the on-track experience in Formula One is obviously challenging, as is in all racing games. I Mm -hmm. mean, personally, I struggle with motorbike games. I like the idea of them. I like playing them. But again, it's that learning the tipping point. And it's a very, it's like, you know, you arrive at a corner and if you're wrong, you're not coming back from it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those assists would help me in a game like that. Uh, but we're also aware that it's not just the on-track experience. It's the vast suite of options that you have in Formula One as well that yeah. can intimidate people. And that's why the casual that we bought in last year strips out some of the options that are no longer relevant to somebody who wants to play the game at that level. And I think, you know, everybody should be able to experience Formula One. The fans are broad and of all ages and and, and spectrum. So so we want to make sure that everybody can play and experience the game. And it's like the the ever ongoing argument of, well, people shouldn't play video games at easy. It's like people should play video games however they want to play video games. Exactly. I I couldn't agree more with that. And especially at Traction here, we're trying to cover like PC, console, mobile, controller and wheel. It doesn't matter what your preference is. We hopefully cover the racing game that suits your abilities or equipment. Um, but aside from that, I'd also like to touch on another thing I noticed when playing the preview, and that is the sound. It feels like a, another big step forward for me. Uh, I can hear something, is it like the turbo whistle or the, the whine of the, the hybrid system? 
And then I noticed the sound reverberating around the walls of a, a street circuit. So is that that must have been a, a really big project for this year, correct? So again, you've, you've identified something quite interesting there, that the wine that you mentioned is, um, so I spoke to the audio guys this morning um, just to get oh, an right, idea. Okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to get a clearer picture of what they've done with the audio this year, because I know obviously with COVID, we've not been able to re-record cars this year. Right. So every year, every year we get out to those, the pre-season tests and we strap mics on the cars and we capture the audio. Um, thankfully, we've got years and years of, of audio now. Um, mm. And the changes this year that would be most notable would probably be in the in the exhausts more than anything because the engines haven't changed. But okay. obviously, yeah. they make significant changes in those areas. But um, through the, the the audio that we've got, we've been able to identify that this year the transmission is actually generating ah, a lot more noise than in previous years. So as you say, it could be turbo wine, could be gearbox. It's it's transmission wine. Right. So that's where the the changes in the audio has come from. And that's why it's got that extra depth and, and noise to it. So it's actually in the transmission uh, wine that you can hear. And that's why that's um, changed the, the way that the audio is for the engines. We've also added some extra options as well. So the player can now change the mix. So if you're somebody yeah. who watches Formula One on TV and goes, why doesn't the game sound like that? Well, you can make it sound like that because that's what you perceive Formula One to sound like. If you're somebody who's been to the race and you stood at the racetrack, you know it sounds nothing like yeah, it sounds like it on TV. Really different. Yeah. So you can change the mix. Uh, we've also added the ability now for players who want to race in the cockpit view to change the mix again so it sounds more like you're in a crash helmet. Oh, that's really neat. Ah, right. So transmission wine that I was hearing. Yeah, I think it's really stark, especially if you play F1 2020 and then 2021, the difference is, is large there. And it really adds to the authenticity of this, this new sound. Um, we've talked a lot about new features and new additions, but one thing I noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think there are any classic cars in this game. Uh, is that correct? And if so, what's the thinking behind that? Yeah, that's that's correct. Um, the, the classics are, are taking a break this year. I, mean, I think really we've kind of, what we've spoken about so far gives gives us an idea of why the classics aren't in the vast scale yeah. of what we've done on the rest of the game. And, you know, we as we spoke about the costing of working out how much we've got time-wise and how much we've got um, exactly. you know, scale to build the game. So it's a case of, well, sometimes not everything can be done at the same time. And our focus this year was obviously transitioning to next-gen platforms and being able to do both generations. It was breaking points. It was two-player career. And, and then, as you say, many of the other embellishments mm. and improvements that we've made to the game. So, you know, sometimes uh, you have to make those hard decisions. Well, I suppose there, there are so many new additions this year and the game is still going to be huge. There's, there's plenty to play, even without those vehicles. We're coming towards the end of our time together. I, I know you're really busy. Uh, on the promotional trail for the game. The game's going to come out in just a few weeks from when we're talking, so I really appreciate your time, as we've already said. Uh, but just quickly before we, we wrap things up, I wanted to ask you about uh, COVID-19 and and how the pandemic that's been very terrible for many, many people has affected game development. Um, I'm thinking along the lines of, you've already touched upon the sound recording, but uh, there are three tracks coming post-release in the form of uh, Algarve International, Imola, and Jeddah, the street circuit. Uh, it must be difficult to capture that data, or am I incorrect there? So we get sent, obviously, the, the CAD data for the tracks. Um, right. If LiDAR is available, we get LiDAR data from the circuits. Uh, the, the one that's been slightly trickier, although not as much as we thought it would be, is uh, the photographer that we use is still being allowed to travel with the Formula 1 circus. He's still oh, able to get out onto track and take the photos yeah. that we require. So that's where, obviously, we get the photogrammetry from for the real high detail stuff like mm -hmm. the ground, the ground cover, the curbs. 
that sort of thing. And obviously the the sort of regional photography as well that he does for us. So we've still been able to get the reference material for the the tracks uh, pretty effectively in terms of the cars. The teams have provided the CAD as they have in, in other years. So it's actually not been um, as difficult as, as we thought it would be. Obviously a new Good. track, you know, like, like Jeddah, obviously that's a little more challenging because that's, isn't there yet you know at least you know portamau and imola are, esta- imola are established race circuits that you know we can get yeah. great reference for so there's obviously the difference in building you know a street track that's only there for a, a period of time and that's but that's no different to previous years you know we've had that happen many times and we've we've built tracks that didn't exist in real life on a number of occasions i remember when we were building texas uh, we watched a video of Coulthard, I think it was, driving a Red Bull around the dirt of Texas ah, before yeah, they constructed that. it. Yeah, and cool. we were just saying, well, look at the size of that hill. It's like, you know, yeah. if we've got that in the data, it's like, yeah, we had. You know, you could see the actual scale of it as mm. he was driving on the dirt. You know, so it's it's something we, we're quite used to now is building circuits that haven't been built in real life. Oh, that, that, that sounds fair enough. Um, and I guess... Uh, looking at the real Formula One calendar, and maybe it's too late to add this in the game. Uh, you know, if not, it's understandable. But uh, for example, there's two races at the Red Bull Ring this year. Uh, when you see calendar changes due to the pandemic, you know, are you nervous? Are you ready? What, what can you do? Any, any changes work for us, um, and we always look at ways that we can make those changes. So I believe, as far as I'm aware, we're looking at um, we've, we've not spoken about real season starts. So real season yeah, starts that tie into that. Yeah, so real season start will give us the opportunity to actually. Uh, you know, insert more races into the calendar in that way. Ah, good. So, so we're we're looking at potentially doing that post-launch. So if you're playing with real season start, uh, I mean, let's say for example they insert a race that we don't have a circuit for, right. we can still add the results into real season start. So if you join right. after that race, you'll still have those results present for a, a track that we don't actually have in the game. So you know, we're we're doing everything we can to make sure we get all of those bases covered as effectively as possible. And and real season start really helps with that. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, I was going to lead on with that question to suggest, you know, how does the uh, calendar changes impact the real season start? But you've thought of that. You've you've got it covered, which is which is good. I guess, uh, you know, thanks again for your timely. But um, is there anything that you'd like to mention about F1 2021 that we've not covered yet? Uh, other than, you know, it's out on the 16th of July or 13th if you buy the digital deluxe edition. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered everything. But I'd probably say there, you know, if you pre-order and get it on the for the digital deluxe, you get the seven iconic Formula One drivers. Ah, yes, which, to be honest, that's something I'm absolutely over the moon about. The ability to have, you know, a, a, an iconic driver like Michael Schumacher or Ayrton Senna sign as your teammate in my team is is just amazing. That's like the, the stuff of dreams, isn't it? To be honest, for somebody yeah, who's a Formula One fan so and somebody cool. who's been a Formula One fan for so long, yeah, I think that's incredible. Yeah, that does sound cool. And, I, and actually, it was when I saw the features trailer, which you can you can find on YouTube if you've not watched it yet, uh, which gives you a glimpse of like Rosberg, Prost, Senna, and Schumacher. And it was when I saw those, I thought, oh yeah, that is that is pretty special. Maybe I'll have to invest in the digital deluxe edition. But but anyway, we'll see. Um, thanks again for your timely. Uh, very best of luck with the game launch. Thank you. Been a pleasure. No worries. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening to our interview there with Lee Mather about F1 2021. If you're excited about the game, please do let us know on social media. It's at TractionDG. Please do like and subscribe on YouTube or follow or subscribe on podcast networks. It's completely free and it helps us out. And don't forget to visit Traction.gg on a daily basis for the latest racing game, sim and esports news and views. Thanks so much.